Hey, this is Adam Starling. I'm the senior pastor of Victory Family Church. Thank you so much for joining us today. I pray this message will inspire you, encourage you, and hopefully challenge you to become everything that God has called you to be. Enjoy the message. Victory Family Church, how are you guys doing today? Man, it is Christmas officially, right? And I know for some of you, maybe Christmas started in October. Uh, maybe it started right after uh, Thanksgiving. And I know on December 3rd, the very first Sunday in December, I said Christmas is officially here. Uh, but Christmas is officially here. You can't get more Christmas than today except on tomorrow, right? On Christmas Day, it'll be officially more Christmas than today. But I'm so glad uh, that you're here. If we have not had the chance to meet, my name is Christian Murillo, and I get the opportunity to be your pastor here. And I'm so glad that you've joined us. If this is your first time in, uh, welcome. This is a place for you to belong before you believe. This is a place for you to come just as you are. And I don't know how you got here this morning, whether you found us on social media, someone invited you, or you just ended up here today. We truly believe that it's not by accident that you're here this morning. It's not by accident that you're, you're here sitting where you're sitting or who you're sitting by. So I want to be the, the first, if not one of the many, to say welcome, and we're so glad that you've joined us. And if you would, man, fill out that connection card in the seat back in front of you. That's just a great way for, number one, for us to know, yes, that you are here, uh, but also to be able to connect with you. Maybe you have some questions. Maybe you have some complaints. That's all right. You can fill them up on there as well. That's funny. You guys, you're like, I wrote some, a couple. We don't throw them away or anything, right? Um, but man, that's an opportunity for you to do that. And, and Merry Christmas. Uh, if you are here for the first time, we have a gift for you. You can go directly out those doors to our Next Steps desk, and they have a gift for you. And it's even wrapped. But man, if you're ready for today, can I say I am ready? Awesome, man. Well, Christmas, again, is officially here. So from our family uh, to yours, uh, man, we pray blessings upon blessings upon blessings on this season. And uh, just want to let you know that while you're at home wrapping, uh, unwrapping your gifts tonight or maybe unwrapping them in the morning, uh, me and mi familia are going to be unwrapping some tamales. And I promise you it's going to be a lot better than what you're unwrapping. And uh, that's the promise of Christmas for me every single year is that on Christmas Eve, and my brother's here and he can attest to this, we know that tamales are coming. We know that they're coming, and uh, I, I don't know if your mama makes tamales, but I promise you she don't make them better than my mama. I promise you she uh, can throw down on some tamales. But again, I'll be thinking about you as I'm eating those tamales. And uh, can I be real with you guys for just a second? Is that all right? Uh, man, I got a problem, and, and I have a, this problem every single year during Christmas. And again, I, I realize that maybe it's a personal problem, but how many of you got your nativity scene set up already at your house? I'd hope, right? It's Christmas Eve. You should have it up. Cool. You have it up. And in your nativity scene, you probably have baby Jesus. You have Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and the... Why? What do you mean? Why isn't it weren't even there? Come on, what are we doing, right? The Bible tells us that they came from the east, and Matthew 2 says that they entered the house, not the manger. They entered the house, and these wise men came to visit Jesus at least two years after he was born. So listen to me. If we care about being biblical accurate, or biblical accurate, right? They don't belong in your manger, so this is what I need you to do. I need you to go home today and fix this problem. Okay, I got it off my chest, right? Fix this problem. Here's a picture of our nativity scene at our home here, and here's the picture of the wise men. Bro, they ain't there yet. They are, they're down the road, right? They, they'll get there sometime 
in the future, right? So you got to fix this issue. Mine are coming. They're down the road, and they'll be there in a couple years. I promise, right? So I need you to go home and fix this problem. But now, all jokes aside, the, the wise men weren't there at the birth of Jesus. We're going to put ours back in our nativity scene. Don't worry. But uh, they do play a role in the Christmas story. And uh, over these last few weeks, we've talked about peace and joy and hope. And today, we're going to talk about the promise that God has for us. And uh, I don't know about you, but have you ever made a promise that you didn't keep? And if you're being honest today, you would even raise your hand and I'm there with you. And uh, when we break a promise, we're losing our trust in someone, right? And this is the, the power of the goodness of our God is that he doesn't break his promises. And on this pre- past Friday, we were coming back from Tahlequah, and I always stop at Casey's to get uh, their breakfast pizza. And I don't know if you've ever had their breakfast pizza, but it is so, so good. I'm telling you, it's the best breakfast pizza there is. And uh, I stopped, I got, got some, and I'm walking back into my car, and it hit me. It hit me. I'm like, oh, man, Gabby's favorite meal is pizza. My little girl's favorite meal is pizza, but she can't have gluten or can't have dairy, so we always have to buy the special kind of pizza. Well, this Casey's pizza is not the special kind of pizza. It's special to me, but not special where she could have it, right? And I get in the car, and I'm trying to eat it really fast, but man, kids can see everything. And she was like, Daddy, pizza. And I'm like, baby, this pizza will hurt your tummy. You, You can't have it. Daddy, please, please, please. No, baby, you can't have this pizza. And I can see those big alligator tears about to come out. And I'm like, okay, baby, tonight we will have pizza. I'll get your pizza for you. I, I promise. Tonight, Daddy, I promise. Tonight, you promise. I promise. And kids are so smart. And uh, later that night, we had the Maddens over and Jonathan. And we had dinner at our house. And Gabby comes up to me and uh, she says, Daddy, pizza. I mean, with a big old smile on her face. And I said, babe, we're not having pizza. We just cooked this big old meal. We're not. Daddy, you said pizza. Baby, I know what I said, but uh, we're not having pizza. Daddy, you promise. And uh, man, I broke that promise that day, so I'll never make a promise again, right? I'm not going to promise we're going to dinner. I'm not going to promise we're going to the store. I don't know. We'll see when we get there, right? No more promises will be made at my house. And I know that's such a small thing, but when we say we promise, we're really saying, man, just trust me, right? Just trust me. And I don't remember if you remember last week in, in the midst of sin and brokenness, God made a promise to send a savior. And in Matthew, we see this promise coming true. And in Matthew 2, 1 through 2, it says this. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in in Judea, during the time of King Herod, a magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed in all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, and he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. When Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet was written. And the Magi are are the wise men, those ones that we were talking about that belong on the other side of the house. But they went to Jesus' house somewhere between, again, six months to two years after he was born. And many scholars actually believe that there were 12 wise men and not Three, and all historians and scholars believe that they traveled over a thousand miles with over 300 people, this humongous giant caravan and hundreds of donkeys and and covered wagons full of supplies and well over a hundred servants. And the journey would have taken a month. And these people were probably super wealthy. They were actually really, really smart. They were religious, possibly kings or for sure becoming kings in the near 
future. And uh, again, these people were so smart. They knew what the prophets said. They knew what the scripture said. They knew what was in the Old Testament. They studied the, the Bible. And, and this was a really big deal because they understood that the king has been born. They understood that the king has been born. And uh, it's so interesting to me that uh, the wise men aren't mentioned anywhere else in scripture. They're only mentioned in the gospel of Matthew. And, and I, I feel like that's because Matthew's goal was to prove that Jesus is the Messiah, that Jesus is the, the one whom the Old Testament points towards. And in the Old Testament, there are 351 prophecies over the span of a few thousand years that Jesus would fulfill in the 33 years of his life. And 11 of those prophecies alone were about his birth. And some even about the wise men in a moment like this. In Isaiah 60, verse 6, it says this, bearing gold and incense and proclaiming the praise of the Lord. And that was written 740 years before Jesus and uh, about 1,400 years before Christ. In Numbers 24, 17, it says, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A, a, a star is emerging from Jacob. A scepter is rising from Israel, and it smashes the brow of Moab and the foundation of the sons of Seth. And Christmas reminds us that our God keeps his promises. And scholars and theologians, they say so many things and, and can't accurately get a number of how many promises scripture actually shows us. And uh, on the conservative side, there's about 3,500 uh, promises. On, on not the so conservative side, there's about 9,000 promises. But in reality, somewhere in between those, there's this number of promises that every one of them God made and he kept. Every word that he said was true and he can be trusted. And one of the greatest promises that in Christmas that we can find is in Matthew 1, 22, 23. It says, now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they call, and shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Church, the promise of Christmas is that he is with us. That God is with us. That's the promise of Christmas is that he is with us. And we call Jesus' birth the incarnation of a God-made man. And uh, I don't know if you've really ever just sat there and thought about how mind-blowing this is. That the maker of mankind made man. That the one who made his home in heaven chose to come to this broken earth he didn't just become man, but he came, became a baby. He came in his most helpless state. The creator willingly submitted to being fed by others. In the most mind-blowing event human, in human history, and it begs the question of why. Why would God, who created everything and needs nothing, risk it all by showing up to put on flesh? And church, the answer is simple. So simple. Because he loves you. Because he loves you. In John 3, 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. God loves you. He loves you. He just wants to be with you. And he'll go through great lengths to be with you. Because man, when you love somebody, you'll go through those great lengths. And 
Um, and I know that we'll go through great links for the people that we love the most. And perhaps the ultimate display of love that, love that knows no bounds is a parent that takes their kids to Disney. Come on. And every time I see a dad posted up at Disney World uh, with those $45 uh, Mickey Mouse ears, I send up a prayer on his behalf. That man is a hero, right? This dude took 18,000 steps. He's drenched in sweat. He, he drained his entire life savings and waited in lines all day just for your kids. And church, don't hear me wrong when I say this. I think you are a psycho. I think you are crazy. Uh, but I know this. I know that you love your kids. I know that you love your kids, right? You'll go to those great links because you love them. And our love drives us to action. And it was God's love for you that led him to give his son. It was his love for you that led him to put on flesh. And it was his love for you that ultimately led him to the cross. And man, I know this season is chaotic and, and crazy and so busy. And uh, I understand that some of you got to work to make Christmas happen. You got to cook, you got to clean, you have to travel, you have to coordinate schedules. And I know for us here at the church, man, there's a lot of planning that goes into it, a lot of praying that goes into it, the the trying of scheduling volunteers, uh, trying to fill classrooms because of the lack of volunteers, uh, uh, the child dedications, making everything excellent to create the best first impression for someone who maybe has been hurt by church never been to church or, or quit church. I, I understand that a lot of work goes into Christmas. But again, we got to remember those great links that God went to be with us. The God of heaven came down to earth to be one of us. He was born in a barn surrounded by animals in a world torn apart by violence and war. He went through the awkward years of being a teenager. He experienced betrayal from his friends He knew grief, anxiety, loss, and pain. He got tortured. Then he died. Why? Because he wanted to be with you. He wants to save you. Our God went through great lengths to have a relationship with you, not from a distance, but a personal, real, intimate relationship. He wants to be with us. And man, he'll go through whatever he needs to go through to get to you. And uh, man, looking back, this has been a, such an incredible year for our, our family. And don't hear me wrong when I say that, that we've had some hard times. We've had some bad times, some struggles in this last year for sure. But uh, looking at it with a different mindset, man, our little girl came into our home this year. We had a chance to move closer to family. Uh, we got to join this incredible church. And, and then this past Thursday, got to adopt this beautiful princess and, and, and just be in our home forever. One of the best gifts that I could ever have. And uh, so many times, if you ask me where my favorite place would be there, I mean, I can say some golf course in, in an island somewhere. But honestly, if you ask me that question today, man, I, I'm going to say home. I'm going to say home right now. That's probably one of my favorite places to be right now because of my two girls, that I get to be home, that I get to love them, that I get to spend this time with them because of them. And I mean, I feel like if we could ask God where his favorite place would be, I mean, I believe it in my heart that he would say with you. And he just wants to be with us. The God that knows all, that sees all, that created all, that promises us that he is with us. And it seems like an impossible promise, but the God of the universe that transcends all time wants to be with you. But what does it mean? 
that God with us means he is all the things we have been preaching about. He is our hope when we feel hopeless. He is our joy even in our sorrow. He is our peace in our chaos. And he is our purpose when we lack direction. And it means that he is our guide. Man, he is our guide. He's guiding our steps. And the wise men follow the star sent by God so they can be with Jesus. Then Jesus became the light so we could follow him. And one of the reasons he is with us is to guide us. In Isaiah 30, 21, it says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. In Psalms 23, it says, the Lord is my shepherd. He leads me beside still waters. And it continues on and says that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because he is with me because he is our good shepherd. Jesus guides you to a place of peace, a place of hope, of rest, and a place of blessing. And I know some of you are frustrated that you feel like at every turn you're running into some obstacles. And church, I just want to encourage you, man, get closer to Jesus. Let him lead you. I'm not saying that that's going to end it all, that you're not going to have another obstacle anymore, but our perspective and our mindset changes. Our our mindset changes once we know the reason who we're following when we're following Jesus. And uh, I remember probably about five years ago, uh, we went skiing in Colorado. And one day we skied at one resort. And I mean, I felt like I finally got the hang of it on the bunny slopes, right? The bunny slopes are just nice and easy. And uh, we're skiing that day and and getting after it. And I felt good. And then the next day, uh, Bailey's family wanted to change it up on us. And and we went to a different uh, ski resort. And I mean, I was nervous. I haven't been to this one. And uh, all the bunny slopes were taken on, uh, taken over by all the little kids. So I couldn't be there, right? Um, so we took this ski lift and we started to go up. And I remember yelling at Eric, uh, Bailey's dad. I'm like, bro, I don't know where I'm going. Just follow me. He kept saying, just follow me. I'll guide you. Right. And I'm like, dude, you say that, but there's a ton of people. He said, just follow me and you'll be okay. We get to the top of the ski lift and we come down and he kept saying, keep your speed up. If not, you're going to be walking. Now I don't want to walk. Right. So I'm keeping my speed up and following him. It's snowing. My goggles are following, uh, fogging up. And I just hear him keep yelling, follow me, follow me this way. And I remember we go over this big loop and on this side is cliff and this side is trees. And I don't want to die on either or. Right. So I stay as close, close to over here and I make my way around it. And finally it just opens up safe for me to fall safe for me to, to do as I will, right? I can see for miles. There's not a cliff on this side anymore. There's not a bunch of trees on this side anymore. It's just completely open. It was stunning, and it was so much fun, and it's all because I followed the guide. I'd never been there. He's been there. He knows where he's been before, so I just followed him, and you rarely understand where God is taking you until you get there. And, and that's why faith is believing in advance what only makes sense in reverse. I know now why I battled depression. I know now why I battled that addiction. I know now why I struggled with anxiety. I know now why Gabby had to go everything that she had to go through so she could come into a loving home. I know now why people had to lose somebody to be able to find the right one. I know now why God brought me through that because it makes sense once it made sense made sense when you can look back and see that everything that God brought you through makes sense in reverse. And we serve a God that has never been wrong. He's never misguided anyone in the history of the world. And self-reliance derails you from your destiny. But total dependence 
on God and shirts, living in his will and purpose. And he will lead you to places that you never could have dreamed of. Places that you can walk in your purpose, in your calling. And uh, and I don't know about your kiddo, but sometimes mine in the middle of the night, she'll just yell as loud as she can, Daddy! Run in there like something's wrong, right? She knows what she's doing. And man, uh, she doesn't need anything. Nothing at all. She just wanted to know that I was there. And she knew that if my father is there, that everything will be okay. And uh, I often tell Gabby, I'll, I'll never let you down. I'm never going to let anything happen to you. But the reality is, that may not be a promise that I can always keep. We serve a father who will always be there and always keep his promise. And some of you need to hear this this Christmas, that it's been a heck of a year. Maybe you lost your job, or I think about my mom, that this is her first Christmas without her dad. And uh, maybe you lost a, a, a loved one, or maybe you lost your marriage, or you're struggling to make it. There's something encouraging and uplifting about the fact that the God of the universe is with you in all of that. He is with you, and he's never left your side. And think about that. People will leave you. He won't. People will lie to you. He can't. People will let you down, and God will lift you back up. The God of the universe is with you. He came on that first Christmas to be with you. He invited us to be in a relationship with him, and his greatest desire is to be with you and to guide you. So the question for you today, church, is simple. Do I want to be with him? Do I accept him as my Savior to be my God? Do I believe in his promises? Or in other words, do I really trust what he's saying? But Christian, you don't know what I've done, and I don't, I don't need to know. God's grace is bigger than anything we could ever imagine. Well, I need to make amends for all my sins, and that's great. Uh, but that's not going to save you either. It's through Christ and Christ alone that saves you. Do we believe the promises that God has for us? So, Father God, we thank you so much today. We thank you for your promises that you'll never leave us, never forsake us, God. God, we thank you so much for your son, Jesus, who came on that cross and three days later came back from the grave, loving us, choosing us, and forgiving us, God. We thank you so much. God, I pray for everyone in this room that although season, the season may feel chaotic, God, that you can be our joy and our sorrows. God, that you can be our hope when we feel hopeless. God, that you can be our peace in our chaos. God, and that we remember your promises forever, God. God, we thank you for your promises. Still with every head bowed and every eye closed in an attitude of prayer. And I just want to invite you today that if you're here today and you've never said yes to Jesus and you're ready to start your relationship with Christ and Again, I I don't know what you've done or what you've been through, but scripture says this. When you say yes to him, you are made new. You become a new creation, right? Because of the love that our God had for you. So I want to invite you today that if you're ready to say yes to Jesus, on the count of three, would you just raise your hand? One, God loves you. Two, he'll never leave you. And he forgives you. Three, if that's you today, ready to say yes to him and accept him in your heart, will you raise your hand? That's you ready to say yes. Been in this room. Praise God. Well, for those of you who said yes today, I want to invite you to pray this prayer, but you don't have to pray alone. There's a group of people around you that are ready to, to join you in this. So church, if we can declare this together, Lord, I know I've messed up. 
but I believe that you love me. I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die on that cross for us. And three days later, defeated the grave, loving me, choosing me, forgiving me, and saving me. Jesus, thank you for new life. Use my life to reach others for you. It's in Jesus' name we pray and we all said, amen, amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it or share it on social media and tag at VFC underscore Chickasha. If you haven't already, download the Victory Family Church app to stay connected with everything that's happening throughout the week. Thanks again for listening. Have an awesome week.